0: Parma Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call one 858 858 Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd here on SEN, your home of sport crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here. In the SEN studios with you, doing it up to 3am Melbourne time, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Well, if you think the Flemington and Spring Racing Carnival might be over, uh, think again because the WA, Perth Racing Carnival, is about to kick up a head full of steam. And joining us on the line from cripsracing.com is uh, Daniel Cripps. I think it's the first time on the overnight crowd for you, Daniel. A very good evening to you. How are you, mate?
1: Yes, Paul. Going well. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. It's uh... Like you said, it's a very exciting time of year for the Western Australian hunters. At the moment, Melbourne have had their time, have had their time, and yeah, now it's time for the Perth Carnival. So Perth Racing have done a great job with the start of the new and improved Pinnacle Series. Mm-hmm. So obviously they've uh, yeah they've done a they've done really well to give it some of the group races a really good cash injection, and then even added a, another big race at the end, which is uh, going to be. Ride up
0: some of uh, our better horses, right um, in their wheelhouse. So I can't wait to get stuck into it. Fantastic, yeah. Talk talk to us a little bit about this pin, the Pinnacles in WA racing because I mean Sydney have got this big Everest Carnival that they have, and, and Victorian racing obviously are trying to pump up their prize money. What what did I mean from from what you've looked at the insight there? How have you seen that develop over the last few months, and what what was the reasoning behind WA racing really giving this a push?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, we're in WA. We're still not going to be able to compete pound for pound with the eastern states, but uh, in previous years gone by, our railway and Winterbottom Bottom probably, are, or and the Kingston Town, sorry, which is now called the Nord Live, are three big races on our calendar, have all being worth a million dollars. So they've got a fifty percent increase. They're all worth one point five now, and we've also added a fourth race in, which is a fourteen hundred meter weight for age race, worth that same amount not to mention the Placid Arc, which we'll touch on in it shortly because, it, uh, yeah, they go around in that. On Saturday, it's uh, been bumped up to 500 grand, so it's just they've just done a really good job, and, and um, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting carnival.
0: Super stuff, mate. All right, well, let, let's get stuck into this uh, program on Saturday, shall we? Uh, I think probably the biggest news coming out of this carnival is that, uh, well, I mean, he's probably the former Wizard of the West, uh, William Pike. Uh, makes his return to, to WA Racing. And he's he's got one here uh, that we'll start with in, in the Lucky Grey Stakes. So we're going to do the final uh, five races of the program, races five through to nine. Uh, he has the horse down the bottom, pure devotion, in this race, uh, $4.40. How are you approaching uh, Pike returning to WA from, from a punting perspective with what you do? Yeah, well, firstly, just from a fan point of view, I mean,
1: William Pike is... Sec- there's no-one bigger than William Pike in WA Racing, mm-hmm. and he's the bloke that can really get WA Racing into the mainstream media. I mean, like you said, he came back this week. He rode a winner straight away on Wednesday, and all of a sudden he's on the back page of our West Australian paper. No other jockey would ever make the back page of our West <laughs> Australian paper, so he really does have that all-star feel about him. So it's great that he's back. From a punting point of view, personally, I'm as much as I love... Pike is a jockey. He doesn't get a lot of my money, mainly for two reasons. Firstly, he's so popular and the market really does gravitate towards him, so I mm. tend to find that his mounts are overbet regularly. And secondly, he's a jockey who likes to let his horses sort of flop out of the gate. He gets in back in the second half of the field and then comes down the outside with that one big run whereas I'm a punter who really likes to focus on horses who are going to be mm-hmm. right up on speed you know your leaders or freeze and even one out one back so normally when I'm betting I'm betting around him and he's the, he's the jockey who I like to think my horse is hitting the front of the 100 b's. He's, he's the one that's really having last crack see <laughs> if uh, he can run me down so
0: Normally, when, when Pipe's flying down the outside, I'm. Uh, that, that's what I'm doing. My dough, and I like it when he jumps misses <laughs> on the line. <laughs> I think. I think we all do if we're against him, just quietly. Uh, uh, so let, let's have a look at this Lucky Gray stakes. Uh, Dan, uh, Buster Bash uh, is the three dollar forty favourite. We've got Stafford's Lad at five bucks. Pure Devotion four forty. Uh, Billy Ray uh, For well if, if I was going to name a punning show after anything I'd name it the Clint Johnston Porter Show because he's my favourite jockey in W.A. I don't know what you think about him but I, I reckon he's an absolute jet um, I didn't mind Billy Ray each way but uh, what did you like in this Lucky Grey Stakes?
1: Yeah TJT is going really well mm. he's actually probably he's a bit of a
0: I guess you could say the air to pike he rides mm. very similar <laughs> he uh, likes to cut the corner and, and make his own luck but
1: uh, this is probably a great example of how I do my punting when I was speaking about before with those on-speed types. I'm keen on Buster Bash here. He's drawn barrier 12, but he is just an out-and-out leader. He's the type of horse that I really like to focus on. He, he gets to the front, he'll roll them along, and he can do it at both ends. He'll be awfully hard to get past, where we might see the exact preview of what I was talking about. Pure devotion, definitely she's a danger, but from barrier 13, I'm, I'm mapping her that she'll get... Worse than midfield in the run, and she'll be coming out of late, but it's just better she'll be able to grab Buster Bash in the last 50 metres. I think that's how the race will unfold. Those two are cleared out in my market. There's got to be a roughie I thought it could be Woodguard Loki. He probably does his best work over a little bit further than the 1,800 metres, but from Barry One, if he could hold the back of Buster Bash, then he's going to get a lovely cart into the
0: straight. Okay, beautiful. So uh, race five, number five, Buster Bash, very hard to beat. And uh, for the listeners of the overnight crowd, I, I think they all do like a little bit of a, a roughie. Number three, Utgard, Lockie. All right, let's let's uh, let's venture over to race number six. It's the uh, the WA champion. I think this is just for the Phillies, is it not? Yeah, I think this is just Phillies class here. So uh, laced up heels, 235 favourite, but there's been a bit of a go for the, the Parnum combination of uh, Vampy at play. Those two are really dominating the market here how did you see this uh this race six unfolding the the wa champion for the phillies
1: yeah like you said this race is for the phillies this year in wa we've had a outstanding bunch of three-year-olds and and you'll see these phillies clash and the uh and the geldings are also going really well and they'll meet in a week's time in the guineas when they yeah when they all do battle the one thing to note here is the uh I guess you could probably say the most hyped horse in WA, Amelia's Jewel, is not running in it. She has, the camp have elected to hold her back an extra week and she's going straight to the Guineas. Mm-hmm. Now, look, the way I see it, uh, as you said, the market's got a, a racing two with Laced Up Heels and Dampion Play. While they are both at, untried at the mile, I do tend to agree with that. In fact, I'd be quite surprised if the winner didn't come from one of those two. Laced Up Heels actually beat Amelia's Jewel last start, so she was a giant killer, she'll get back, she has a wicked turn of foot, watch for her late, however, I'm going to side up with Dampy at play, that filly was in the same race on that occasion, started a lot shorter than laced heels, so you can, the SP profile punters uh, mm-hmm. will be on to her, she got no luck whatsoever, she was in the 1-1 or one out and 2-back, but the 3 wide line came around and she was actually beaten 9 lengths, but you could definitely make the case that she would have been right in the finish. She was absolutely bolting on the turn, but just had nowhere to go. So she will have a slight map advantage on laced up heels. So I'm going to, and she's a little bit of a better price at the moment. So I'm going to put Vampy at Play on top, just from the one laced up heels, and yeah, but a really
0: big gap back to third. Dan, I think I'm going to shake hands with you on this race because I think Vampy at Play. Uh, I just looked at the replay of last start, and it was like head in hands kind of stuff, and I just said next start, next start, next start. And as an SP profile punter myself, uh, I think she's the way to go in this race. I think think she's going to be my best of the day, and I'm completely siding with her. I I think she's a great horse, and I think she's going to to reverse the results from last start. So in the corner with you there, uh, Vampy at play, I think. Worth noting as well, just uh, Neville Parnham, the trainer's
1: comments after he won the Parita with Buffalo last week, he... (laughs) They asked him, he's always had a really high opinion of Bustler, but he did mention that Vampir play is almost on par with him and he thought they were the two best city stable, so he's trying to, trying to keep an eye on there.
0: There we go. Beautiful. Little bit of confidence there. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Dan Cripps from com as we move on into the uh, the second leg of the quaddy. It's the, the Colonel Reeves sprint over 1,100 metres now. We've got this resuming star sprinter of the WA ranks, uh, Elite Street. Brad Rewilla takes the ride here. He's a $3.40 favourite. There has been money for Simon Miller's uh, Miss Kentucky, uh, $4 into 3 dollars uh, How are you seeing this race play out? I mean, we've got this resuming favourite Elite Street, Is probably the best horse in the race, but I think first up over 1,100 metres might be a bit of a risk. How are you seeing this?
1: Yeah, so Elite Street, as you said, he in my eyes and in the eyes of many, he is the champ of WA at the moment. It'd be hard to argue that he isn't the best horse pound-for-pound that we have in our state. I'd probably disagree with you there somewhat. Dan Morton is the master of getting his horses fit, even though Mm -hmm. he hasn't trialled. And while he does have to give him a bit of weight today, which he won't have to in a fortnight's time at Winterbottom, under the set weights and penalties, actually still really well Mm -hmm. weighted. Dan Morton's been on radio this week saying that because he's really only set for two races that he's really forward, uh, expecting to blend in three deep with cover, and I think he's going to be really hard to hold out. If there's a danger for mine, it probably is Red Can Man. He's, uh, they showed over the winter that there isn't a much, there isn't too much between the pair, but Elite Street just doesn't seem to have his measure. However, Red Can Man is the type of horse I like. He'll jump, he'll sit up over the speed, probably gets one out, one back. His trial, albeit against inferior opposition down at Albany last week, was excellent. He doesn't look like he's absolutely humming, and uh, even Let Street for whatever reason, you know Barry Nine probably does get back worse than usual. If he was to encounter some bad luck, I reckon Red Can Man is your horse that can take advantage of that. And at around nine dollars, if you don't want to play the favourite, and he looks like a, a really nice each way play, I'm going to take on Miss Kentucky. Saying that, I've been knocking her a (laughs) post this prep she keeps feeding me. So, uh, yeah, probably if she does it again today, I am really might start believing. But we'll just show her racing pattern, very 14. I expect that she gets all the way back to near last and will... If she can out sprint a late straight, so bad. I've done my
0: money. Yep, I think uh, that, that's a great way of approaching it. I think <laughs> You just he just put the hand up and say she's 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 better than us. I think <laughs> that's what the yeah, punt's all yeah. about. You you've got to come up with an opinion and, and you've got to back it. Uh, yeah, race exactly. yeah, race number eight. Dan uh, is the uh, the placid arc stakes. Uh, fantastic race, very very competitive as well. It's it's about four twenty the field at the moment. Baby Paris at four twenty. Uh, we've got uh, My Bella may at 4.40, all show at $5.50, rumour says at $6. So very, very tight at the top of the market. How did you uh, How did you analyse this race?
1: Yeah, Paul, this race is an absolute cracker. This is the one I was talking about before. They've mm-hmm. given us a really good cash injection, and I'll tell you what, it's worked because they have put together an absolute sensational field of elite three-year-olds. As you said, really deep race. Opinions will be divided. Uh, there's a host of winning chances in this and yeah, you know, as the market suggests. I'm gonna focus on two horses though. The first one is rumour says, we haven't seen it for three weeks, although which is by design. On that occasion she was beaten one point five lengths and while she was on the right part of the track, she box seated that day on a hot rail but she did just saw absolutely no daylight in the straight whatsoever. That was the race that Amilius Jewel won first up and it's hard to say it would definitely happen, but I'd, I was very confident that if she'd got out that day, she would have been winning that race. Third up, up to 1,200, barrier nine. There's a tonne of speed in this, which is the key. They've got horses like Just Go, Wild Bell, Rev It Up. They're all going to really want to be there pressing for the lead. So if
0: your man, Clint Johnson, oh. can sit back, oh. sit back <laughs> just worse than midfield, smoke the pipe,
1: and by that stage of the day when the South Westerly, uh, Freo Doff is blowing and, it gives the horses an opportunity to make some ground I reckon rumor Tez will be the one
0: having last crack at them so okay. at around that Six dollar mark, I reckon. Uh, she's a good bet. I'll tell you what; it might be creeping up to midnight here in Melbourne, but every time I hear the name Clint Johnson Porter mentioned with a bet made, uh, I, I don't think I need any cough caffeine hits, mate. He just <laughs> he gets me up and about when I when I hear him on horses, mate. No doubt. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get on to the the finale. Yeah, uh, sorry, the, sorry I'll, I'll just speak about one more horse. Yeah, I'll go uh, for it. Yes, yes. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah race up number up eight still on the eight. eight. Yep. Yep. Race
1: eight. The other one I want
0: to touch on is All Show. Yep. The massive
1: wraps on this filly. First up she couldn't have produced a more dominant win. You could tell Sean O'Donnell didn't want to lead, but she was just so fast. She got there without really trying to and absolutely put him away. Ran the fastest last 200 of the day under an absolute handbrake to win by nearly two and a half lengths. Second up, went around odds on in the three-year-old classic Ascot opening day. Drawn one, box seated, never saw daylight completely rule the line through that. Last start on face value. She was slightly disappointing, but... They went really slow that day and she just pulled herself into the ground. I reckon she she'd run a race before we even got to the to the home corner. So as I said before, with a lot more tempo in this race, if she can get into a nice rhythm, barrier five, probably sits just in behind them. If she can settle, look out because
0: based on what she did first up, she is a serious horse. So I'm gonna play the pair. Rumor says and all show. Okay, lovely. So that's race eight number eight rumour says, and race eight number nine all show Rumour says. And also, uh, the final race on the car, uh, Dan, is the RJ Peters Stakes, over 1,500 metres. This is the uh, the horse we were talking about uh, prior with uh, Willie Pike in the saddle, Michael Grantham. Now, he, is he a, I think he's a cross-code trainer, is he not? He trains harness and thoroughbred. Is that correct? He's actually
1: a harness driver. Okay, so okay. Of yeah, he's uh, one of the hardest-working... One of the hardest working horsemen uh, that WA has. He he has a uh, finger in um, yeah, finger in every pie. So and he used to be a jockey as well, but he just got a little bit heavy. But yeah, like you said, our oh, man Willie Pike's back. Uh, Pike in the last the, the slogan. So all <laughs> eyes will be on him. And and one thing to one thing I need to mention about the RJ Peters is that the winner of this gets automatic entry into next week's Railway Stakes. these right. A lot a lot of these horses. Uh, Had their last chance to try and qualify for a Group One handicap race, uh, potentially with the Eastern Staters dropping off. Whoever finishes second might also qualify, but yeah, to guarantee your spot, you need to win it. Now it's funny too because the horse you mentioned before, Devoted, he's one of the main. Chances in the futures railway market, mm-hmm. but doesn't have a guaranteed start at the moment. Cool. So look, look, you've got you've got the threesome white, you've got William Pike in the last, and you've got the dollar ninety favourite who needs to win to get a start next week. I tell you what, this is uh, this is just made for Hollywood. This, this race,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. I reckon they're going to come from the trees to back this. Could could it start? Could it start like shorter than like? Could it be one of those ones that just could start twos on?
1: Yeah, yeah dollar fifty Gs—that would be sure. I reckon. Look, I've marked,
0: uh, devoted about $2.30, $2.40, mm-hmm. So he's already below my price, but just with the weight of
1: money for Pike and the colours, and the—I guess just the reputation that this horse has—it would not surprise me if, uh, yeah, he trades sub even money uh, as they jump. Look, I like as I said, I'm dollars two forty, so I think he's going to be hard to beat. But in saying that, Barry eleven. Pike's going to have to be at his best To get him home I mean If he got caught three deep He probably Isn't going to be quite good enough Because there is some quality in this race It'll be Tactics will be interesting Whether he goes forward And tries to land into 1-1 Or if he goes back In typical Pike fashion So yeah Really looking forward to this Based on the late market Will be determined How I play the race Like I said If he drifts out a bit I might be on But Otherwise if he starts really short I'll probably back a horse Called number 12 Searching Rocks Okay, She's Yep, she's um, she showed in the winter that there isn't much between Devoted and Searching Rocks, and while Devoted probably just had her measure, she's drawn Barrier 6, and I think she can settle in a nice spot up close to the pace. So if Pikey does encounter some bad luck or things just don't go his way, then I reckon Searching Rocks will run a great race, currently around
0: 8 or $9. Like we said, if Devoted starts odds on, you probably see double figures later. Love it, love it Okay, so uh, let's go through maybe a couple of your best bets Towards the the final five races of the program And then maybe maybe a best value or a best roughy Something like that So best bets and best value for the final final fa- five uh, on the card Okay,
1: I reckon I'm going to be two best bets mm-hmm. uh, We've touched on both of them Race five, number five, Buster Bash I just love this horse Jump straight to the front Use the kick on straightening And we'll see if Piper can run us down and, Paul, I'm with you in race six. Race six, number three, Vampy at play. Mm-hmm. She's had no luck at either starting this prep. So while we, I guess we're still betting on what she could potentially do rather than what we've seen her do, I just do feel like there is a serious horse under there when she gets some clear air. So hopefully she gets every chance on Saturday and we can, uh, we can see what she's really made of. Best value, I'm going to go race eight, number eight, rumour says. I know, look sort Of only six seven dollars at the moment, but it's a really open race. Might even see better late. I think she's going to run a big race in each way quote.
0: Yes, stick with CJP, mate. Stick with CJP, we love it. <laughs> I'm already getting a good vibe off this, mate. Uh, love it. So, best bets, best value, they're all sorted. Uh, Dan Cripps, you can find all your stuff at cripsracing.com. What else? Uh, what else are we looking at? Sort of forward in the carnival, you'll be covering not just Saturday races, but but all WA races, I'm assuming, through Wednesday as well and and throughout most of the week?
1: Yeah, that's right. We do. Yeah, we cover all meetings, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. We sort of stay away from the wider country, but yeah, definitely Mm -hmm. the metro and provincial. So great time at the moment for us. I love the carnival time. I love betting at Ascot. So yeah, if anyone ever wants to to give it a go, then yeah, now's probably your time and
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you more over the next few weeks because it's a really exciting carnival. I was just going to ask you, you're happy to come on next week and the next couple of weeks, mate? I haven't scared you off, have I? I hope not. Nah, nah. Mate, uh, uh, do, do anything for a fellow blue bag Good, and, uh ah, yeah. good stuff, mate. Yeah, there you go. We got it. In. I, 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 I promised myself I wouldn't try to get it in, but uh, good, uh, good stuff, mate. Uh, so, cripsracing.com to find all your handiwork mate. Daniel Cripps joining us on the overnight crowd, mate. Uh, pleasure doing it for the first time, and uh, hopefully it's the first of many, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah, no problem at all, likewise, mate. We'll uh, chat next week. Beautiful, thank you very much, Stan Cripps. There on the overnight crowd. We'll be back after this, mate. Super stuff.